Screenless. Spent Force, read with some difficulty by Reg Plate. Chapter Two: Hendon can wait. For a nimble, spry, seventeen-year-old lad with thuggish tendencies, there can't be many more inspiring sights or places than the Police Cadet Training Academy at Hendon. A solid, granite-grey erection standing proud and tumescent with antiquated notions and standards of right and wrong. Bursting with gung-ho, truncheon-happy vigour and colonial indifference towards civil liberties. For me, however, a wheezing, concave-chested, sickly-looking youth with size 14 feet, it was a magical place full of secrets and hidden mysteries, a whispered aspiration, my Kublai Khan in Hendon. Brings a tear to the eye even now just to think of all those keen young men with their Elvis haircuts, their honed and youthful torsos ablaze with obscenely detailed tattoos, their sculpted, muscular and veiny arms straining and glistening with sweat as they try to evade the lunk-headed intolerances of their assigned drill sergeants and superior officers. I remember, as a boy, how my sister Molière and I had snuck into a matinee showing of Spartacus and the profound effect that the scene with Laurence Olivier in his bath, attended by Tony Curtis, had had on me. It was essential confusion. Why were two men talking about oysters and clams very late in the evening when they clearly had already eaten? Hmm? From then on, and despite marriage at a surprisingly young age, I actively sought a company of slow-witted, compliant and athletic men. Mrs Reg was acquiescent and obliging to this desire and whimsy. Oh, having blackmailed and secured the services of my stepbrother Nigel's then PA, Inertia, the application to Hendon was completed in a click of a handcuff substituting my inferior academic and athletic records with Nigel's. Oh. I received my letter of acceptance in what felt like next to no time, possibly because I was on tenterhooks and anxious for news. But a more likely reason was because I didn't and still do not quite understand the concept of time. <laughs> but as I've always said, when it comes to establishing the real facts... Chronology and the logical sequence of events are but mere trifles and hiccups of inconvenience. Luckily, in my days as a store detective, more on that later, I was able to shift all responsibility for what others may consider essential detail. Anyway, I'd set my sights on joining up and nothing now would stand in my way. Or so I thought. Oh, yes. Once again, dear listener, the gnarled, tattooed and rheumatically swollen hand of that fickle mistress fate moves swiftly to bloody my sinus-inflamed nose as her knee also connected sharply in the region Mrs Reg often referred to as my second appendix.
The wind had been veritably taken out of me, but as I later reflected, this was still less wounding and hurtful than what was regularly taken out of me later on in my all-too-brief career, which resulted in a vote of no confidence and my eventual dismissal. <clears throat> no, no, something else lay in store. Mrs. Reg and I couldn't have children. It was a long-established and unsurprising fact. We were told that human children of our own would not only be an impossibility, but tremendously ill-advised. Then, out of nowhere, on the eve of my departure for Hendon, out popped Vendetta. <whistles> our first moth from his sagging, pendulous gourd of a pooper. His small, black, bulging eyes and tautly slackened mandibles reminded me of a cross between a young Stuart Granger and the oil-slick-haired Victor Mature in the robe. Mrs. Reg and I loved that moth, the first of many thousands, as it turned out, as if it were our own, a heaven-sent blessing symbolic of our deeply strained and silent union. But... As is often said about both love and life, it's all too brief. And for the common moth, it is especially so. The way in which I saw Mrs. Reg care for our first moth after its passing, barely a few days after it had hatched, gave me pause for much thought. How she pinned its wings onto a cork-covered display board with all the meticulous skill and dexterity of the most deadly assassin. Well... I can tell you, it drew only the most extreme terror and absolute fear from deep inside me. Hendon will just have to wait. So, until next time, dear listener, if you can't think of a pearl of wisdom, eat oysters in the bath. It might help. <laughs> Spend Force was read by Reg Plate and produced by Gareth Davis at The Sound Boutique. Find more content at screenless.online.